We are continuing our sermon series on the wisdom of the Proverbs. Last week, Dale preached on the topic of leadership, sharing with us how the Proverbs highlight the personal qualities that make good leaders. Today, I'm going to follow up on Dale's sermon about biblical wisdom regarding leadership by specifically looking at wisdom about leadership for the next generation that I hope will be relevant regardless of whether you're actively parenting now or are grandparents, educators, childless, or haven't been around youth since you were one. As a community of faith, we follow the leadership of Jesus. Because we follow the leadership of Jesus, we will start first with what the Bible has to say about Jesus and children, and then we will go to Proverbs to see what wisdom those verses offer. In order to help us understand the biblical wisdom about children, let's have some context for how children were seen in Jesus' time and culture. The main thing is to know that although within the Hebrew Bible longing for children was expressed, and the birth of children represented the next generation and the continuation of the Israelite people, children were considered property of the father, born for the benefit of the parents. In ancient Greece and Rome, and remember the world of the New Testament Israel, uh, in the world of the New Testament in Israel, this is part of the Roman Empire, and the New Testament is written in a kind of Greek. There, children were not seen as people or as persons. We can think of society at that time as being organized in almost concentric circles around a person's value with freeborn adult males being in the center of the circle, the most important, the highest status, and foreigners, slaves, then women, and finally children on the outside being the least important, the lowest status, subordinate to everything else, which allowed for all sorts of what we would now consider to be abuse, to be a normal part of everyday life for children. As you consider a world where children had fundamentally no human rights, listen now to Mark 10, 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. In a world where children were on the bottom of the social structure, Jesus crossed this boundary and had the little ones brought to him. It reminds me a lot of the way Jesus interacted with other social outcasts, touching the sick and eating with sinners. I love the image of Jesus taking the children up in his arms. We don't necessarily think of this as a radical act along the same lines as breaking the taboo of the ancient world and touching the lepers or the story of the hemorrhaging woman, but it is much the same for a person of status to embrace the little children. Jesus' actions go beyond taking the children in his arms and blessing them. In Christ, God is actually revealed in the form of a beloved child, a poor child born in a manger. 
In Christ, God took the form of a slave who died a humiliating death. God revealed in Christ means that no one can claim higher dignity than anyone else on the basis of status. And Jesus' ministry revealed this upending of status in many ways, including in his interactions with children. Let's consider now arguably the most famous proverb on raising children. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Actually, this is not a proverb. This is the most famous proverb on child rearing that is not in the Bible. It is not biblical at all. It is from a satirical poem from the 1600s by Samuel Butler. And this little so-called proverb is actually a body metaphor suggesting the best way to curtail passion in order to not have children. So if you have ever heard this cited as biblical support for corporal punishment, it is definitely not that. So what's the real proverb? The real proverb goes, those who spare the rod hate their children, but those who love them are diligent to discipline. Yes, you will also hear this one cited as biblical support for corporal punishment, but that interpretation truly misses the mark on the meaning. So what is this proverb about? Well, actually, in order to understand this proverb, we have to be clear about the meaning of a couple of words, rod and discipline. So let's talk about the word rod here. Well, where else in the Bible do you hear the word rod used prominently? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod of the Lord is used for comfort, not punishment. The Lord in Psalm 23 is caring for the sheep, making sure they get nourishment, rest, and comfort, leading them in the right direction and protecting the sheep from danger in scary places basically taking care of the needs of the flock and protecting the flock from outside danger. Relatedly, the word rod, as it is used both in the proverb and Psalm 23, also means tribe. And the rod in the Hebrew Bible can symbolize the role of the leader of the nation. And the two main functions of the leader of a nation are seen as the same as the shepherd to see that the internal needs of the nation are met and that the people are protected from external enemies. The rod of the Lord is a comfort to the whole people. So the phrase, those who spare the rod and hate their children is not about physical punishment. It is about the role of the leader in the life of the child, taking care of the whole needs of the child and protecting the child. But wait, doesn't discipline mean punishment? Isn't the rod the rod of punishment? No. The word for discipline here means correction or instruction. 
and is in fact translated as instruction or correction in many other proverbs and refers to the whole training and education of children, the cultivation of mind and of morals, training and care of the body, correcting mistakes, and giving instruction that aims at increasing virtue. So we might understand this proverb to mean, those who do not lead their children well hate them, but those who love them diligently guide them. This understanding is in line with the language of the proverb and with our understanding of the Lord in Psalm 23 and with Jesus' behavior towards children as well. Disciplining a child should be a long-term investment in the well-being of the child that might indeed include some punishment, but is holistically about the growth of the child into a physically, mentally, spiritually, and morally healthy person that functions as a part of the tribe, if we're speaking biblically, or the community. Let's look at another proverb on this topic. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and one's children will have a refuge. This is Proverbs 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and one's children will have a refuge. Fear of the Lord means reverent wonder and awe, a feeling of human insignificance when we contemplate God's great and wonderful actions and creations. And this is this proverb is about passing that kind of faith, that kind of fear of the Lord and God on. And when we do so, we give our children a refuge. And leading our children to Jesus, we show them the way to find shelter and hope when the world gets hard. Let's pause for a moment and think about all that is going on for the children in our community right now. The youngest among us have never known anything but drought and fires, with seasons of air so bad that they can't go out to play. And now they also live with the daily fear of catching a possibly fatal disease just going to school every day. This is a very hard time to be a young person, and our young people need compassionate leadership that guides them and protects them, following the example of the Lord in Psalm 23. As a church in our denomination, we believe we have responsibility as a collective community of faith to nurture the younger generations. In fact, when a person is baptized in the church, this church specifically and in the Presbyterian church generally, the congregation takes a vow to nurture the person being baptized in the Christian faith. This responsibility is baked into our faith because we are followers of Jesus. I think that offering leadership for our children to find refuge, like the proverb says, is one really important thing that we as a church can do. Jesus wanted the children to come to him. He had a heart for the children. And as followers of Jesus, we as a community can shepherd children to Jesus so that they can find some refuge that they desperately need. I know that each person's experience is different and you have your own thoughts and feelings on this topic and many of you are older than me and have raised your kids. But some of you, like me, are actively parenting now. Some of you are not parents and possibly have no desire ever to be. 
Whatever our status individually, all of us together have a collective stake in and a responsibility for what happens to the generations that come up behind us. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. If we believe, as Jesus preached, that the kingdom of God is among us now, then it is also among and for the children as well. I feel very strongly in my heart that the Spirit is calling us to embrace and include children, teens, and younger people more here. Yes, our own children and grandchildren, but widening the circle to include all the children that make up this body and even beyond. We've got a kind of circle of action at church where the younger people are on the periphery. I believe that we are called to ask ourselves how we can better cross the boundaries between generations in this congregation now in order to become closer as the body of Christ. Last week, Dale went through a list of qualities of leadership and highlighted many leaders in the congregation who exemplify those qualities. And obviously beyond those 10 people, this congregation has a wealth of wisdom and talented leaders. And every time I get a chance to speak with any of you, I'm just amazed at the depth and dedication present here. Each person is equipped by God with different gifts and skills to serve the whole community. Not everyone is meant to work with children, either here in the church or elsewhere, and those of you that are, God bless you and may God be with you. But we can all pray for God's guidance and how to be a community that leads with integrity in a way that welcomes all ages, like Jesus did. One small step you might take today is to think about someone in a different age group than you and reflect on how their life is different from yours. For example, do you know what their day-to-day -day routine is like? What are the stresses that they might need refuge and comfort from? How might you pray for them? The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we are all his children, and in him we have been provided the ultimate example of leadership. Thanks be to God.